There's only one that matters. I think he's coming in plain view. And we're so happy for that. God bless you. I want to welcome you to the service tonight. Greet you all on this Wednesday night midweek service. Just an opportunity to come and meet with God again. I'll just let you have your seats for a moment. There's some visitors that might be with us. We want to welcome you. I don't know, it's uh, Sam Jarit and Victoria Aurora. God bless you. You're welcome here. And others that are here, we want to welcome you. And uh, those that are regular, we want to welcome you. And uh, those that showed up after the wonderful weekend, we want to welcome you. <laughs> Amen. It was a wonderful weekend that we had. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know. You can't explain God. That's all I can say. And uh, I must admit that we were a little disappointed to have to go the route of streaming. And I would just say God did not disappoint us. And I am so grateful to have the Holy Spirit. This is, this is his work. Brother Ron didn't orchestrate that. We didn't orchestrate that. He orchestrated that. And it was wonderful. I also received news today that Brother Kevin Ahenikew's wife has arrived in Canada. <laughs> she still seems a million miles away to him. She's in Vancouver, and she's having to quarantine for three days. Rumor has it that he was wanting to quarantine with her. And <laughs> oh, in sickness and in health, in quarantine and not in quarantine. I don't know if we have to add that in, but amen. We're happy for you, Brother Kevin. We're very happy for you. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Amen. So we're thankful for that. I, I also want to mention, uh, today I heard from Brother John Andes. He was ministering in, in Texas this last weekend in Dallas, and he took a few days to go over to Louisiana, and he was over visiting the Pruitts, and they went to visit Sister Karen. She is not responding at all. The doctors effectively have medically said there's nothing they can do. And, um, but that's the doctors. <laughs> There's one doctor that we're looking to. He has the last word. And so we're believing. Tonight, Brother Ron Spencer is there, and he's ministering, I believe, for the church there. And so uh, I just was listening to a little bit of that service. There's a lot of emotion they're going through, and they need our support, and they need our prayers. So... I just want to ask you just to keep remembering them as, as we, we do that, and, and we want to just do our very best to, to uphold them and, and strengthen the believers. I also have been communicating this week with um, Brother uh, Stephen Francis's daughter, Jessie, and she was um, letting us know that they're having a memorial this upcoming Saturday and uh, from Brother Stephen, but... We can't imagine what they're going through. Um, I don't believe that 
or the Stephen's wife, who also had COVID, was even allowed to be with him at the time of the passing. And their daughter said that her mom is inconsolable right now. And uh, as a church, they've lost their pastor, their shepherd, and we just want to remember them. So we're going to pray for that. Remember Sister Karen, um, whether some of the churches in the U.S. are undergoing some severe restrictions. Brother Donnie Reagan hasn't been able to have services now for over a week and a half because of the cases that are running through their church. And then I also have one other request. Maybe you can just start to play something softly. And um, I'm going to have you stand together. This weekend and everything going on, I had a request from Sister Rebecca Badeau and uh, hearing of Brother Stephen and trying to coordinate the meetings. I missed it. But we want to bring this before the Lord tonight also. Sister Rebecca said she's met a lady who is a, confesses to be a Christian, believes in God. She has an 11-year-old boy who suffered brain damage in 2016 and since then has been going in and out of the hospital having seizures. The doctors don't know what is wrong, except that in the last year his brain has started to shrink, he's losing mobility, his eyesight. This lady asked... Sister Rebecca, if we could, she could put in a prayer request to our church. I would like to say I believe God is very mindful of our prayers. And I believe there's a people on the face of the earth that have his ears. And we need to have confidence in that what we ask him, he hears and he answers in the way that he deems best. And so we want him to minister to these needs we have needs. Our greatest need is more of Him. Let's just sing, I need Thee, I need Thee, as we go to the Lord in prayer. I need Thee. hearts, we bow our heads, we bow to the ground, but we look to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we've come again to you in this place, this tabernacle gathered with our brothers and sisters 
But Lord, we're coming before the throne of grace. And Lord, that we might find help in the time of need. That's what the scripture declared. It was Job who said, oh, that I might find him, that I might come to him in the midst of a darkness that he couldn't find his way out. But he said, if I can get to his throne, I know he would put strength in me. Lord, we need your strength again. We desire to draw from you, O Lord. And tonight as we come, we don't come begging. We come as Christians, Lord. Father, we are your representatives on earth. We are your ambassadors, Lord. We are here for you. And in this last day, we're standing for you on this earth. Father, while we stand here, we have needs, Lord. Your kingdom has needs. Lord, there's great wars that are being waged with enemy and demon forces. There are battles, Lord, for the souls of men, as our brother Harold has already declared the need. There's others that need you tonight, Lord. Father, we claim for them. We stand in the gap for them, Lord. And Lord, while we're here, we want to bring the needs of those that can't pray for themselves. Lord, we want to remember the Francis family, the church. And Lord, we ask that the comforting hand of God, the presence of God would be very near to them. Lord, we ask that you would sovereignly put your arms and your comfort around them. Lord, raise up those around them that would comfort them. Remember our brothers that are going through COVID in different places and different lands, oh Lord. Father, we ask, we remember the believers in Uganda. It's been over five weeks since they've been able to gather for church. Lord, those churches in the U.S. and different places. Father, while we're here, we're standing for them, Father. And we're asking you, oh Lord, to remember them. Raise a standard amongst them. Father, we remember a sister that's laying in a bed that's unresponsive, but Lord, her soul, her breath is still there. Lord, whatever is holding back that consciousness, whatever is holding back the bodily fun functions, you are more than able to loose it tonight. Lord, you said you've given to the church the power to bind and the power to loose, Lord. Father, we... Put our words, the greatest thing we can do is to put the Word of God on our hearts and on our lips and to speak life for someone. Lord, we raise up Sister Karen before you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would do the mighty, show yourself, O oh Lord, the mighty conqueror, Lord. We bring her before your throne of grace. And Lord, just a request from somebody in this city that has seen a need for their child, Lord, that's having seizures and questions that doctors don't have answers to. And Lord, they, they saw fit enough to bring it to a believing people. Lord, and now we're bringing it before the throne. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, would you use this situation for your glory? Would you move on behalf, Lord? What is it to you, O oh Lord? Your strength is not diminished. There is nothing that is impossible for you. You are the God of our healing. You're the God of our creation. Everything is possible to them that believe. Lord, we bring the situation before you. We ask all these things now. And Lord, while we're standing here, 
Remembering, oh Lord, those that aren't with us tonight, be with them. Lord, others that are having needs in different places, but you're the high priest. You're still touched. Lord, we witnessed that on the weekend. You went out and you touched us. You went beyond the miles. Lord, may you do even that tonight. Now, Lord, we yield our vessels, both minister and hearer. Take the service tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Just faithful one, faithful one, and we'll change the order of the service. Faithful one, so unchanging. Ageless one, you're my rock of peace. Lord of all, I depend on you. I call out to you. our brother Ron spoke on Sunday night, freedom amidst a backdrop of chaos. I don't know, but that sort of has stuck with me. And when I've seen chaos around me, the picture he presented of Pilate and the screaming and Jesus just focusing in, he knew his place in the Word. We've got to keep that focus, friends. Amen. Also, just as we turn in our Bible to the book of Exodus, chapter 23, um, Landon and Ezra told me they haven't got your replies yet, and they'd like to know about the picnic, but you don't have to send a note, but picnic this, this uh, Monday, holiday Monday at noon at the Dodd residence. Also on Sunday, it's a long weekend, we're just going to have one service Sunday morning, so let's remember that, make much of the presence of God. As we turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 23, we're going to continue with the thought of, I will build my church. I was almost thinking I've got to shorten that part a little bit and call it IWBMC, but you wouldn't know what that meant. So, <laughs> so part five, we're going to call this tonight, Possessing Your Land Step by Step. It'll follow on the heels of what we did last Wednesday. Let's just read a little bit of Exodus 23, verse 20. 
Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way, to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Verse 27. I will send my fear before you. I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies to turn their backs unto thee. I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. God bless his word. You may have your seats. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11, we'll go to verse 22. This is Moses speaking. This is scarcely a month before they go in to possess the land. Uh, this is to now the old generation. They'd wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They're coming down to the end. The book of Deuteronomy is written in the 39th year of the journey in the 11th month. And Moses says, I'm going to hold a convention. We're going to have 30 days of meetings, and I'm going to preach the book of Deuteronomy to you. How, how would you love to be there for that? And now it's a rehearsing of what God is going to do before they possess the land. My, I think we ought to rejoice in this. Verse 22, for if you shall diligently keep... All these commandments which I command thee to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to cleave them, then shall the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place wherein the soul of, souls of your feet shall tread shall be yours, from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even to the uttermost sea shall your coast be. There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he saith unto you. Amen. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. We'll pick up the reading. That's a wonderful scripture. He talks about the blessings, the cursings. Uh, but let's just pick this up from verse 9. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee. If thou shalt commit, keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Now, you don't have to scowl to make them afraid of you. You don't have to push iron in the gym, though you may do that for a reason, and, and, and pump weights and just flex your muscles. No, you don't need to do that. God is the fear. He's the one that goes before you. And he would say now, and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sweareth unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, 
you know, in his season, to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Now, I want to just use this a little bit when, when God speaks to Israel in the uh, Old Testament and he talks of their inheritance, it talks of the land, the natural land. And it talks about that which they'll possess. And, and if you often look at the Bible, he talks it in, in a way, and, and I want you to bear this in mind, that was their inheritance. Now our inheritance is not a geographical land. But our inheritance is a position, it's a spiritual land. And it's a land that God has given us, not that you can sort of lay your fingers on in the same way, but it's a land that we've been given. You're talking about being seated in heavenly places. You're talking about your position in Christ. It's a position that you fell from, that man fell from, that God is restoring. True manhood, true womanhood, a right spirit, a sane mind. These are things that are part of our inheritance. And these are the things that we're possessing. Now, I'm going to use it this way a little bit, because I'm talking about possessing your land step by step. Now, in the readings that we took, and, and in particular the readings in Deuteronomy, Moses said, every place that the footsteps that you tread on, that will be yours. Now, I, I want you to notice something, and if you haven't noticed this, this will be a wonderful lesson in, in um, biology and botany about the human body. It's not literally your steps, because your steps are the place where there's contact made. But the strength comes up the foot, up into your loins. And then from your loins, that's where everything is. That's your strength. You want to be a better golfer? Get better body movement around your loins. Tip for all of you golfers. And, and so he says, now that's where your strength comes from. If you're on baseball, it's the same thing. It's not just standing here and swinging like this. But it's when you use your feet and your strength comes through, all that rotates around you. So the, the, the footsteps are just the final part of it. Now God is not saying, now just wherever your foot goes, that, that'll be it. The footsteps is the place of contact. Now, I, I want you just to think on this. This may seem very, very elementary and simple, but it's a Wednesday night. It's after the meetings. We've been fed. Let's just keep feeding. Let's just take the Word of God and, and you know, you prepare for war in a time of peace. You may have won some victories. You feel a bit of relief. Let's get ready for the next battle. If you're still in the battle, let's keep pressing in. Now, it's not so much then even, it's, it's your strength comes from here, but it starts even before that. It actually, you know, your strength from here is governed by what's up here. Now, the Bible would say, ponder the paths of your feet. Let your eyes look upon where you're going. Now, if you walk this way, where you're just looking like this where you go, you're going to hit somebody in the head. 
you're going to run into a lamppost. You're going to run into somebody, ever see these people that walk down the street texting? And oh, I'm sorry. Why? Because they're not looking where they're going. Now that's bad enough when they're walking, but when they're driving is even worse. Now, so, now, you're, you've got to be looking at something. You look at something and it translates through your body down to your feet. Now, I, I want to just take this in a, in a couple of places. So let's just go as a principle to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is very familiar. This is when God is now dealing with the serpent and he curses him. And where does he put him? We'll just start reading in verse 14. Uh, and let's just read this. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. So he's cursed above all the animal and botany life and, 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 and above all the animal life. And he says, Now upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. In other words, you're not going to rise above it, but you're going to be part of the ground. You're going to be part of the dust in the eyes of God. Now, the natural thing of the serpent, he was an upright animal, upright animal, closest thing to a human being there was, but when under the curse, he was changed. He was not a snake in the Garden of Eden. He was an upright being. Ever read of a woman attracted to a snake? No, that doesn't happen. Kind after kind. She was attracted because the form and the shape was the same. So now, God says this in verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head. And he says, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now that tells you a lot about his position through this whole plan of God. The believer will always be stepping on him. In other words, he will always be down there. Now we're going to have some battles and we're going to deal with the ground as it's vibrating underneath us. But in the eyes of God, we are possessing what God has wanted us to possess from the beginning. The enemy is under our feet. I love the song. It was years ago. We had a convention, and Brother jo Joseph Chikozi came. He's from Zimbabwe. I, I know that that ought to do well for some people raising their hands. Yes, I see it now. Zimbabweans all just jumped at that one. Okay, so now, <laughs> but Brother Joseph, he came, and he, he, he gave us the little song. And it was, higher, higher, lift Jesus higher. And then he'd go, lower, lower, stamp Satan lower. And we loved it. And it's not just a nice song or a jingle. It's a, there's a truth to it. We ought to recognize we are not the tail. We are the head. We are not in a position that's beneath. When you're born again by the blood of Jesus, you're on a journey. And no matter what stage you're at, if you're at justification stage, you're above the enemy. If you're at sanctification stage, you're above the enemy. God has desired it in such a way that you will have a foothold or a, 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 a gathering place that you can anchor to. Whatever stage you're at. You ever watch these climbers? You know, we were in Canmore earlier, and they have these climbers, and they call it a sport. I don't call it a sport. But they go up these sheer walls, and they're climbing, and they're looking for a foothold everywhere. And they're going up 30, 40, 50 feet. And I go, okay, that's enough for me. I'm out of here. I'm not watching anymore. But they always look for a foothold before they make the next step. So we've got to take this now little by little, Line upon line, but step by step. Yeah. 
So wherever we're at, we look for the next sure step. We look for the next place that we can step at, at, at and work with. So God is the principle, it shall bruise thy head, the, the serpent, thou shalt bruise his heel. So it's going to be a battle. There's going to be a point of contact. And, you know, it, it, it might cause us some grief, it might cause us some pain. But the main point is, it's our heel, not our head that's being bruised. It's the devil's head. We can talk about all that the devil is doing. It's only affecting our heel. It's not affecting our head. Amen. Think about what you're doing to him. Think about the reports of the demons and the imps that came back from the meeting this last weekend. And they said, we had them cornered. They couldn't even have a regular service. They had to stream. Well, what happened? I don't know. God just came in. God did things that we can't explain. And it is a devil's What? How can this be? Because God is God. And his people are a part of him. So we have to remember where we are. Now let's go over to Genesis 28. So there's a principle that God has. No, sorry. Let's just jump ahead to Isaiah 66 for a minute before we go to that. Isaiah 66. I just want to pick this up in verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? What is the place of my rest? Now, you can see where Stephen picks this up in the books of Acts, chapter 7, verse 49. He refers to the same principle. So, now I want you to look at it this way. God has a kingdom. The kingdom is established in heaven, but, the, but where all the victories are won are down where the feet are. His footstool is the earth. That's where the enemy is meeting him. That's where the battles are. That's what you and I are doing. We are vessels for God. We are fighting out our time, our course, but our strength comes from heaven. And it comes down to us by revelation. We accept what God brings us. We can see clearly. We are not just citizens of the earth. We don't just gather in church and, you know, hope to do good and then at the end of it all. No, we're actually possessing land. We are moving higher all the time. The kingdom of, of the Satan, though it's raising, the battle is increasing, but we are still moving higher. So the principle is, is as he says, heaven is, is where it is, but earth is my footstool. Now, I, I want to move this a little bit further. Um, Ethan, I'm going to just jump ahead in my scriptures a little bit. Psalms chapter 90. No, sorry. Let's go back to Genesis 28. Let's just do this. Genesis 28. Now, now God is using in... If you follow these principles through, I have too many scriptures that I could even go to tonight, but Genesis 28, let's just pick this up in verse 11. So God made a promise to Abraham and to his seed, and he told them that wherever you go and the place that you tread, and he gave them the land, the boundaries, and as Abraham's footsteps made contact with the place he was going, and they were making contact by revelation, by obedience. It wasn't that he, somebody took his feet and put them down. No, he made the decision. It came from, to his eyes, to his heart, down to his loins, and he walked in it. He had to exercise it. Now here's Abraham's seed. Abraham's seed, and this is, 
Jacob, and Jacob, who is now running from his brother because of what he did by deceit, but yet he had a promise of God with him. And now Jacob had a hard life because he, he had to go through all of these things. You know, Jacob means shyster. And as a shyster, that's exactly what he lived out. Now he was running, he was fearing. Now he comes along the way and he's just left the camp and he's out alone, he's out in the wilderness, he falls asleep and he comes on a certain place. And the scripture says, he lighted upon a certain place, he tarried there all night, the sun, the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and he put them for his pillows and he laid them down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending. So in other words, God knew where Jacob was at. There was messengers going up. There was messengers coming down. And he says, and behold, the Lord stood above it. And here he's saying this. And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father. And the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God reaffirming his promise. Verse 15, behold, I am with thee. And I will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest. And I will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee. For I have done that which I have spoken to thee. Now, Brother Branham would refer this. He said, when God needed to, to have a ladder between heaven and earth, what did he hook it to in heaven? He hooked it up to himself. But on earth, what did he hook it down to? Abraham's seed. He hooked the ladder. That was the place that God chose that I'm going to have my communication come up and down this ladder. Now, this was something that Jacob you know, just like Joseph, he had visions, he had dreams. He, he saw himself, his brother kneeling. He couldn't figure it out in the midst, midst of his trial and everything he was going through. But he was going through it, but yet it stayed with him. And no doubt when, Abraham, when Jacob went and he was going through, you know, the deceit of Laban. I mean, those, you talk about two, that was a match made on earth. <laughs> yes, a match made on earth. Yeah, one shyster to another shyster. You know, you, 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 you try to live by that. God will say, hey, I got a match for you. I got this guy named Laban. You think you can cheat? Listen to this guy. He can really cheat. And, you know, and he, and he changed his wages ten times. Here he comes up for his employee review. What? He says, do you want my daughter? Okay, I'll take it. So he knew how to do it. So he knew how to change his wages. He did it 10 times and he kept on doing it. So now it was, it was exactly what it was. But nonetheless, with, with Jacob, something remained. God said he would bring me back to this place. Although I'm going to be over here, he's going to bring me back. He's going to do it. In other words, I'm going to walk again in this land. And it was the same way, you know, you can take different examples. It was when, when Moses sent out 10 spies, 12 spies, they all walked in the land. Their footsteps walked in the land. But only two of them walked in faith, catching what they were doing. 
Two of them saw that those footsteps they were taking, it was one of them that was named Caleb, and Caleb was making footsteps on a mountain. 40 years before he ever possessed it. He was taking footsteps. And so when the time of the promise came, he came back and he said to Moses, he said, I am, you know, and it was a few years, he says, I'm 80 and 5 years old, but I want my mountain. My footsteps are on that mountain. I want to possess it for my inheritance. And it's a principle of God that he says, I will bless thee. I'll give you these things. He gives us something to go towards. Now, I, I, I will, the Lord willing, deal with this in a, in a different way. But just as a principle, we have to see something ahead of us to move towards it. And so we don't have it all at once, but we're moving towards it. Now, now go with me to, um, let, let's pick this up here from Psalms chapter 91. Now, it was, it was in, in the book of Luke when, when uh, Psalms 91, let's just read this. It was in the book of Luke when it was uh, the devil coming and tempting Jesus and he said, cast yourself down. Or he says, eat this bread was the first temptation. Cast yourself down. It is written that he will keep your foot from stumbling here and, and such. So he's talking about a promise, but he's misplacing it. He's not taking it the right way. So it, it isn't that you tempt God, but, but God keeps your feet. He keeps your footsteps. When you yourself are, are I, I, I'll tell you, there's times in the walk with God, I feel like, uh, I, I'm just dragging. Like, but I'm, I'm, I'm still dragging, I'm still moving. But I feel like if it wasn't for the sake that God was keeping me and keeping my footsteps, I wouldn't move at all. So the Bible tells us of this in, in Psalms chapter 91. We'll just read this here in verse 12. He would say, let's just read this. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, there's lots of times I've stubbed my toe, I've, I've, I, I've, I've stumbled, I've done things, but there's a promise that he'll keep my feet. Even when my head isn't on straight and I don't feel like I'm going where I ought to go, there's still a promise, I'll keep thee in the way. I'll keep your feet. Now, let's, let's just take another one. Psalms 121. Psalms 121, he would say this. Again, these are wonderful promises. And he would say now in, in, in verse... Well, let, let's just look in verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. And he that keepeth thee will not slumber. So now he's talking about your foot. Now is God just interested in your feet? No, he's interested in what your feet are possessing. So he's not just keeping your feet and allowing the rest of you to get beat up. No, he's keeping your position. You know, he's, he's, he's not allowing you, you to, to be just cast off. He's righteous. He knows the battle that we're going through. He, he understands these things. 
So now, now let's just go, I'm going to move back to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And we'll, we'll read this from verse 18. Now, I'm, I'm moving from just beyond the feet. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Now, where does the stumbling occur? It, it, it actually manifests in the feet, but it's a, it's a reflection of not having enough light. It's a reflection of not going down the correct path. It's a reflection of many other things. An imbalance. It could be many other things. But the path of the just, he says, is as a shining light. You have enough light for the, that which you need. Now he says in verse 20, My son, attend to thy word, my words, incline thine ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto thee and them that find them, and health to your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now I'm going to move this. He's talking about walking, but he's moving up to a different part of the body that assists you with walking. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. And he says, turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Now, now, God put us together. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know how often I walk down the street and I come to a step that I think, okay, I got to lift my foot a little higher. It happens subconsciously. Yeah. Or, you know, when, when I'm, you know, my wife and I will go walking in, in, in the mall on occasion and, and she, she always has this thing when she comes to an escalator, she, she, she pauses. She, I, she's just got to watch. Like you can mesmerize yourself trying to get on the right step. Uh, the next one, no, no, no. The next one, no, no. The next one, no. She's not that bad. She's actually pretty good. But she just pauses that moment before she hits this, this moving treadmill. It, it's really difficult when you're on a fitness program and you're determined to go up the wrong way down an escalator that, that's coming. But I do it regularly. Not when there's people on it, but I do it regularly. So, so now, now, when you're, you're moving, you, you, with your eyes, you're seeing down the road. You're looking, and, and, and your focus is where you're going, but you have this thing called peripheral vision. And the peripheral vision picks up a lot of things and transmits it to your brain without you thinking. But you're taking steps without thinking of it. That's where God wants us to get to. It's not like somebody tells a dirty joke and you think, uh, no way, I'm going to walk away from that. that. That's true, you have to do it. But after a while, you just learn to go the other way. You don't have to partake with that. That'll cause me injury. That'll cause me harm. Or if I go down this time and, you know, God places something within us to know, okay, you're just about crossing a line. Stop there. And if you're, if you're in tune with the Spirit, 
your peripheral vision will catch that and you turn from it. Now it's not that you have to think through and search through quotes and find, I can't cross this line, I can't. It's because you're in the channel. You're in the place. And so when you're walking, your peripheral vision takes care of a lot of things. But you got your eyes focused on something else. Are you with me where I'm going? So now, now you're all going to walk down the street and think about what you're doing. I know you are. And, and, and so, but there's a lot of things you can do. I, I, I'm amazed sometimes how you can carry on a conversation. I, I, I was walking down, down, down the, the path and there's these, these two young kids coming in bikes and they're coming at me and they're covering the whole path. And I, I'm going, and I, I'm starting to move over and they're not moving over. I said, no, forget it. And I moved right into the middle. And they went, Phew. Yeah, they, and, and they were talking to each other. I thought they wouldn't see me. You know, and I, I was ready to take one. <laughs> but people subconsciously can do a lot of things. You know, and so, you know, I, I observe these things. Like, this seems really deep, doesn't it? But <laughs> there's a lot of things that we do subconsciously in the spirit realm that we don't, we just recognize, I got to keep my focus. There's all this chaos going around me. You know, there's, there, there, there's all these things happening, but I'm going to stay focused. And Brother Bannon would tell the story about the, the boys that all had a challenge, and they were riding a bike, and they had to ride across this, this, this narrow part, and, and one by one they did it, and one would brag of the next one, and they all fell off. And finally, the one boy that came, and he did it, and they asked him, how did you do it? He said, I didn't look to the right, I didn't look to the left, but I looked at where I was going. I kept my focus about what I was doing. So now you're, you're, it's not so much watching your footsteps as it is what you're looking at. Now I'm going to move up from the footsteps here in a moment, but let me, let me take one more scripture. Psalms 119, 105. Thy word, Psalms 19, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Now, you all know, you, you could do this if you want, but you could hold the light down here, and you could watch where your feet are. But you hold it up here, you can see the path better. If it's dark, and you're walking. I, I've walked in the dark, and I'm, I'm glad for the, the phone has a little light, and I use it sometimes. But, but it's amazing how that, that it, it, it leads the way at light. So he says, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Stay in the Word. I'll tell you what, you want to have discernment of situations, of people, of different things? The more you're in the Word, the more you can see things around you. The more you can preserve yourself from trouble. It's a light, it's a lamp to us. Now, I'm going to move this in a different realm here a little bit. Um, go with me to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, verse 15. I'm kind of jumping around here, but I, I want to move this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 15. I believe all of these things are in the Bible for a reason. So, he would now say, now, there's a subconscious part but there's also a conscious part, and I just want to identify this. He says in verse 15, My son, 
Walk thou not, and he's talking about those that go down to the houses, cast your lot into us, be one of us. He says in verse 15, My son, walk thou not in the way with them. Refrain your foot from their path. Now, we need to recognize we've been given life by God. Life is precious. Life, even to those that may not have eternal life, it's a gift. And if people would appreciate the giver of life, if all your expectation is is that I've got 70 years, maybe push it to 80 and maybe get to 90, and that's all you expect, make the best of life. Thank the giver of life. Now, we're, we're looking at something greater than that, but if we've been given life, then the vessel that we have and how we appreciate it and how we walk it I watch people that are thankful for things, and I believe they're blessed by their attitude toward what they've been given. If we would be more grateful for what God gave us, Lord, you gave me this. So, so often we look at what we don't have, and what we could have, and what we would want to have, instead of saying, thank you for what I have. I, I would say I remember earlier in my Christian walk when I was younger and I thought, man, I would like that kind of a car or I would like that kind of a house and I would like that kind of a position. And, and I'll tell you what, as you go along in life and you, and you look at the lot that you've been cast and I think, Lord, I, I, I look across at that. I design all these homes for these people and they've got all these features and I think, Lord, I'm thankful I don't have that. I'm thankful for what you gave me. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for the place and for the church and for the brethren that we have. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about the peace of God, just start thanking him a little bit. It's a gift. So if we go now to Proverbs 3, I want to just pick this up from verse Let's just, I want to just take this from verse 22. I'm, I'm going to just back up a little bit. So shall thy life be unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. Now he's really talking about wisdom. It's a tree of life and all of these things. So when you're at peace with God, your steps are more natural. They're more relaxed. You're not rushing to try to... And, and he says this, verse 23, then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble when thou liest down. Thou shalt not be afraid. You shall lie down. Your sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Amen. Now, I've used all of this. I spent a, maybe more time than I thought on that, and we started a little later, so that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll likely pick this up next Wednesday again. Now, I want to just take this part for a moment. And, and if I can, I'm, I'm going to just refer to... Okay, let's, let's go to Psalm 16, verse 7. Psalm 16, verse 7. We'll just pick this up. After the meetings, I, I went for a walk and I started getting so many different thoughts and inspiration. I was, 
preparing for other services, and I thought, no, I want to follow this through for Wednesday. So I'm, I'm careful that I don't jump into something else that's another subject, but um, I must have taken, okay. Okay, sorry. So start with Psalm 16. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Now, he's talking about the position in verse 8, but in verse 7 he says, my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. Now go over to Psalms 139. This is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Psalms 139. And he says these same words. He's speaking of the reins, and he uses this here. Psalms 139. We'll pick this up in verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Now, it's interesting, these words, because uh, in the Old Testament, they, re they refer to the reins. It's not your feet. It, it's actually up higher. It's, it's in your loins. It's in your strength. It's up in here. You've possessed my reins. That's where your strength comes from. But they actually take this, and they refer it to, when they talk about the reins, and, and I went to, it, it, it refers to, now, I'm talking naturally, but I'm also going to talk spiritually. And it says, reins are the seat of the deepest emotions and affections of man, which God alone can know. And it says the reins, and it says the broader region, which the dictionary talks about, and it references a couple of scriptures. It says, the site of the physical strength and prowess. In other words, it would talk about even your kidneys, because your kidneys are placed up where your reins are, and it would talk about the kidneys are the regions of the reins or the loins. It would talk about that place. And so in the books of the Bible, it refers to them figuratively as the site of your temperament, your emotions, your prudence, your vigor, your wisdom. And, 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 and so it would, it would talk about it as the seat of your affections. Now, I took this last week a little bit. On, on taking, making God the center of things. I, I, I'm going to just share something with you on, on ministering. When I focus on what I can bring and what I can do, and, and though that be part of it, it's one thing. But when I focus on what God can do, and I start to put it and say, Lord, you minister. I have these thoughts, but it doesn't matter what I think. Lord, it's you. If I can put the focus on him, I'll tell you what, it lifts things up. You take songs that begin to exalt Jesus, and you watch how that brings you up. You take songs that, 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 that fit. Uh, okay, I got, I got to use this for a moment. There's a certain type of music in the world that is always focused on drama and human life and situations like husband leaving, wife leaving, dog leaving. It's commonly known as country music. Okay? And, it, and it, it's like, just like, I, you know, it's like, woe is me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you dwell in that, you live that. <laughs> But if you lift your songs higher, thankfully, 
Sister Terry, you were identified on the weekend. A country singer that has been lifted up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, everything has left you and, and you're, you, you've traveled into another promise, province looking for it. Okay, I, I'm not going to say any more about that. But anyway, everything has left you. But I, I'll tell you what, when you start to exalt God, when you put your affections, your impulses, when it's not about your position and, and what you can do, but rather, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, may you bless so-and-so. And, and Lord, and then you, you attach this to your prayer. Lord, send me and I'll be the one that will give the word and they'll remember me. Sorry, God's not going to bless that. That's right. I'll tell you what, what God will bless, when you can rejoice as much as if God would use someone else and not use you. Amen. And when you've got God so in your heart that all you can see is God's blessing. Amen. I'll tell you what, I, it's been more than a few times. I, I had to preach Sunday nights quite often. Brother Harold would get up and preach Sunday morning. And I had my subject all laid out. And Brother Harold just took the same notes as I did. And I'm going... This isn't fair. This is not right. <laughs> so now it's my turn to do it. <laughs> no, it's... I'll tell you what, I, I learned after a while, if God laid that on my heart and he did it, I said, praise God, he's in the right channel. <laughs> and I'm going to follow that channel. And I'm going to take that channel. Why? It's not about me. It's about him. And I'll tell you what, if, if that is your desire to see people blessed and to see God's kingdom prosper, and the more you put that on your lips and you forget about yourself, I'll tell you what, there's a blessing that goes with that. There's an outlook that associates with that that God finds delight in. My, my, this is not coming out the way I thought it would go tonight, but it's okay. I'm, I'm just plowing through this a little bit tonight. So God has your reins. You know, and, and, and on a physical, your reins, your loins are here. Peter would refer, he says, in, in the day of trouble, in the, in the last, he's, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, keep a right attitude. Keep focused on God. Keep reminding him. When you go in prayer, Lord, everything's going wrong. Lord, look at what's happening. I'll tell you what, that prayer doesn't go very far. But when you start to say, Lord, you promised. You're the God of heaven. You're still on the throne. You still reign. Lord, you reign and rule over me. You, Lord, and, and I'm here for you. And I'm a part of an extension of you. And Lord, I, I want to see you come and show yourself on the earth. And when you put the focus on him and not on the trouble, yeah. I, I, there's no way we're getting out of this. Well... Okay, fine. That doesn't go anywhere. But remember him. Remember his promises. Keep your affections. Keep your thoughts. Keep your, your let your first thought. You know when, I, I don't know how, how many, I, I don't know how many were around, but Brother Cobb was a, an older brother that came here many years ago. And he spoke on his life and the economics of his life, and his finances, and, and how he had so many struggles in life, and so many things, and, and he had issues that came in his life, and, and then he just spoke on the principles or our attitude towards them. And, and he began to speak about 
when you begin to see yourself not as the center, but you see him as the center, and you see yourself as an extension. He said, I always, he had a, they'd bought a house, the Lord had finally given a house, and, and, and it happened to be next to, he put up a fence, and it happened because it happened to be next to a house that some drug dealers had, and he put up the fence, and they didn't even paint their side, and he was upset about it, and, and, he, and he would, the more he'd get about upset, and then he realized one day, Lord, you gave me this house. And Lord, this fence is there because it's a line. And, he, and so he began to take the attitude. It, it wasn't like, look at the fence I put up. No, he says, Lord, look what they're doing to your fence. <laughs> and he took this attitude to everything. He had a brand new car, and he says he went to a shopping mall, and he parked in the furthest place away, and he says so that nobody would scratch it, and he came out from the mall, and he says, and there was a shopping cart that looks like it went all the way across the parking lot and hit the side of his car. And he says, normally that would upset him. But he says, Lord, look at what they've done to your car. <laughs> when you put God at the center of everything you do, I'll tell you what, it, things go a lot easier. Whatever comes, Lord, it's yours. Yeah, I've got to fight for it. Sure, I'll fight for it. But Lord, I'm in your will. I'm walking with you. My desires, my affections are for your kingdom. The steps that I'm taking are not for my own steps. But they're steps because my impulses come from you. So it would talk, and there's a whole section that I pulled out of the dictionary on this. But it talks about how there's just so many parts of your body. Your, your body structure comes from here. But the kidneys are through which everything filters through. And they're at the center of your body. They're, just, they're above a certain place. They're protected. And it, and it would talk about these things. Now, let, let me just go to Jeremiah 11, verse 20. I'm sorry if this is just very, very simple tonight. But I, I just feel like sometimes we need to be here. Jeremiah chapter 11. I didn't give you these, Ethan, but just... just uh, Go with me on them. Jeremiah chapter 11. There was all kinds of things going on around Jeremiah, but then he says this in verse 20. But O Lord of hosts, thou judgest right, rightly, Try, thou that triest the reins and the heart. Let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I revealed thy cause. So, He's talking about the reins of his heart. Sometimes, you know, in, in, in racing, you have reins to hold things back. God says that one thing he hates is the froward. Feet that run to trouble constantly. Well, it's not your feet that are the trouble. It's your heart. It's your eyes. And, and, and I'll tell you what, left unchecked, you know, this flesh, though it's be born again, left unchecked, it'll cause you a lot of trouble. But if you keep the reins of your heart. Now, let's just go to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. Verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and try the reins. If, 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 if you're... Born again, saved of God, but you, you, you've, you've continually got a problem that leads you into a certain thing. Listen, we all have a weak spot. We've all got a place that we've got to keep protected. 
So you need to have reins on that or a governor on that. You need to watch that place. You need to protect that place. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So it's God that's continually looking over these things, watching over these things. Jeremiah 20, verse 12. He picks this up a couple places. Jeremiah 20, verse 12. But, O Lord of hosts, thou triest the righteous and seest the reins and the heart. Let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. I'll tell you what, sometimes... We, God watches our reaction to things. He watches how we do things. He, and there's things that displease God. Sometimes you hear about somebody that, that has fallen or does things, and, and you almost, we can almost take the thing, I thought so. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's a dangerous place to sit. If, if that's your first reaction, and sometimes you can have an ought between brothers or something, and, and, and sometimes... Something happens to him. If you're sitting there, <laughs> I'll tell you what. If there, Brother Bram said, if your brother is in trouble and there isn't something in you that reaches out to him, he says, then you've got to get back to God. Right. I think we, we don't desire to see. Like we can say, oh, I can't wait till California sinks. Oh, oh my. Like, I, I want to get out of this world too. But I don't desire to see all the pain and all the things that happen. And I pray that, Lord, while the door's open, let me have a heart like your heart. Let me not be bitter. Let me not be so closed up. Let me be open. Let my heart be open. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I have a whole part I wanted to get into, but I, I don't, I'm not going to do it for today's service. So I'm going to save that for, for next Wednesday. I'm not going to be here on the weekend, so Brother Andrew's going to be ministering on Sunday. But I, I, I just felt I wanted to do this, and I want to take it over into one more service, so I'm going to do it. But let me just go, last of all, to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. This is, this is the last part I'll take about this part. Now, in, in the... Actually, sorry, let's go to Joshua chapter 1. I'll, I'll deal with verse 3 as we come into chapter 3 when we come into it. After the death of Moses, so now verse 2, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, into the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Now just a month ago, Moses had spoke every place that the foot you tread on, that will be yours. Now, God reaffirms it to him. He says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread on, that I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. And he reaffirms the boundaries. He says all of these things. And he tells him that you've got to walk a certain way. And now he says, he reaffirms the part where he says, nobody will stand before you. You're going to give this to the people for a land. But he says, keep do all that the law of Moses says. Now in verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Now I, I feel like do whatever you can because there's all these little channels and all these little inlets that are trying to make their way into your heart. They're all trying to gain a foothold. But God wants our foothold to be in Him. Yeah. 
He wants our thoughts to be upon him. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, there's times when I feel the enemy has had the upper hand on me. When I felt like my thoughts and, you know, I'm not in sync, I'm not doing this, and it bothers me. And it causes me, it drives me to my knees. I said, Lord, this is not the place I should dwell in. I don't need to dwell having being buffeted by the enemy all day. But I can be in the middle of my journey, whether I'm in sanctification or justification, wherever I am, I feel I can walk with you. I feel I can walk in your promises. I feel if I meditate on you, I can have the victory even though I don't see the finality of my trial. I feel I can walk in victory. I can thank him for victory. So the enemy is always trying to get little places, little foxes, little places that spoil things for us. That's our battle. And that's, that's the part I'm going to come to next week. Let's have the musicians come. I thank you for your patience today. We are in summer. We're in the last week of July. We want to make much of the summer. So we, we, we thank God for, for the times we can get out and do things. I, I love to get out and walk. I love to, you know, think on the Lord. I, I quite often when I'm walking, I'm getting all these thoughts and my phone is constantly taking notes and doing things, but I'm, I'm enjoying God. In nature, I'm enjoying things, and and I, I the, the message Brother Ron spoke on Sunday night, freedom amidst a backdrop of chaos. I don't know that's that's resonating and staying with me. I can be walking in this land. I can be walking amongst all of this, but I know who has me. I know in whom I have believed it. I I know my steps are ordered of the Lord. I, I may not feel like they are, but as long as I keep my eyes on him, if my steps are going wrong, he'll turn me around. He'll do it. Keep my heart right. Keep my mind pure. Keep me in the right place. Let's stand together. Thank you for your patience. It was very simple in my thought and my expression. I'm probably studying more for future services than I did tonight, but that's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for everything that the Lord gives to us. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's sing verse 1. My hope is built on nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame But wholly lean on Jesus' name Oh,